Equine health is our business, horses and education are our passion. Welcome to the EquiConnect podcast. Here, we will have case-based conversation and talk about interesting news and information with the goal of sharing knowledge, focusing on equine health. Welcome to our latest episode of our EquiConnect podcast brought to you by McKee Panel Equine Services. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Sarah Stewart. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for having me today. Of course. Thanks so much for joining us. Sarah has made her way through several different roles here at McKee Pownell over the past several years. So let's go way back and tell our listeners where you began at McKee Pownell. (laughs) Yeah. You've been in many different roles here, and I believe you started as a volunteer, correct? Correct. Yes. I actually started as a volunteer veterinary assistant at the Mohawk location. Um, We had a clinic on the backstretch of Mohawk Raceway uh, in Campbellville. And I remember my first day very vividly. You know, I had a little bit of horse experience, but I was still pretty green at the time. And I just remember, you know, the first set of it was a set of standard bred racehorses came in for their appointment early in the morning. And I was just in awe, like wide eyed. This is so cool. And I've never looked back. Oh, that's so awesome. I think it's so neat when you remember those moments like that. So impactful on your life. And, and obviously, from there, you've kind of continued to advance with your experiences and uh, your career now as a veterinarian. Yeah, for sure. So um, it was early in my undergrad that I started volunteering here at McKee Panel. And then I was hired on a couple of years later as a full-time veterinary assistant. Um, and that was out of the Campbellville location that has the clinic on second line. And then after that, I got accepted to veterinary school and then actually returned in the subsequent summers as a uh, veterinary student. Wow, that's awesome. It really seems like you just can't get enough of us. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I've just <laughs> always loved working here. Um, it's such a great team. You know, it's it's big enough of a company and practice that, you know, we have all these awesome modalities and diagnostic equipment and resources. But at the same time, it's small enough and has such a great culture that it almost feels like a, a little bit of, of a work family. I definitely know what you mean. It has a really, really neat uh, neat vibe here. And, and like you said, a really great culture. Yeah. So we'll start with uh, some of the basic questions. So where did you go to vet school? So I went to veterinary school at the Ontario Veterinary College out of the University of Guelph. And uh, it's a four-year program. And I started in the fall of 2016 and graduated in the spring of 2020. And uh, it was a great four years. It was so much fun. You know, it was hard work at times, certainly moments of stress. But at the same time, it was just such an incredible feeling being uh, with a smaller group of like-minded people and, you know, getting to know all of my classmates and, and other students at the school and getting to learn all the things that I was passionate about. Oh, that's so cool. Such a neat story. What inspired you to become a veterinarian? (laughs) That's a very loaded question. (laughs) but (laughs) So, you know, I think probably almost every veterinarian would first answer that with always having a love for animals. And that's very true in my life. Funny enough, I actually didn't really have any pets growing up. I 
only had a turtle. It was a red-eared slider for about a year until my mom said that it smelled too bad and I had to um, find a new home for it. So, <laughs> goodness. but despite having, you know, a few pets, I still found myself constantly drawn to animals, loved spending time with them, loved caring for them, had a couple experiences. You know, I worked at a um, doggy daycare. I had some volunteer experiences in some small animal clinics earlier in my life. And then going through high school, I really found myself drawn to science classes, particularly biology. Um, It was something that I was very interested in and it was easy to spend a lot of time studying for it and learning new things because of my passion for it. And I knew I always wanted a career that helped people in a direct way and combining the desire to help people and my passion for biology and medicine and my ultimate love for animals. It just, all of those factors really pointed towards a degree in veterinary medicine. Oh, that's so cool. And now why did you decide to go into large animal and and horses as opposed to small animal? It sounds like you've had quite some experience with um, small animals in your life. Yeah, I feel like there's, um, you know, a couple factors with that. And certainly, actually, McKee Panel was a huge factor with all the time that I spent. Thankfully, early in my first degree, I, you know, got introduced to the world of equine veterinary medicine. And it started off, like I said, at the racetrack where it was mostly sports medicine. And I just thought that was amazing. I've always been drawn to horses. And I think part of it is from my life as an athlete and horses are athletes themselves. And it's amazing the similarities between their, the injuries that they can get, um, you know, their rehabilitation exercises, um, the different modalities that we use. It's all very similar. And I just, I feel like I have such an appreciation for them because of how stoic they are. You know, things like shockwave, for example, I've had shockwave therapy on my patellar tendons and man, that is, is quite a, (laughs) a sensation. And they just, they don't even know necessarily what it is, but they just stand there quietly for it. And and I've seen the results in my own body. And I just think it's really a really cool connection to be able to connect my experiences as an athlete to the equine athletes. Um, And then from there, branching out into the other Mickey Pano clinics and spending time with some of the ambulatory veterinarians doing other things like dentistry and seeing medicine cases and things like that. I just, you know, it kept going and going. And I just thought, man, this is so cool and exciting. And I found even in vet school, I I was interested, you know, in, in everything and in, in learning about all different species, but I was always drawn to the equine stuff in particular and, and found myself taking a little more interest in, in those aspects of veterinary medicine. That's neat. I think it's so cool to hear people's stories about kind of what shaped them or what led to their decisions in their in their life and their career. Like often, not often, but there's a lot of our um, veterinarians that started out riding horses. So it kind of was the next logical step that they would be interested in large animals, specifically horses, veterinary medicine. So it's really neat that you have more of a unique or a different story as to actually how you got here. That's really cool. Yeah. So you you mentioned about yourself and having a, a sports background. So could you tell us a bit more about your um, sports background and specifically during your undergraduate degree? For sure. So it actually 
you know, kind of also intertwines with riding horses. So I mostly grew up playing a number of sports, mostly um, ice hockey and soccer were my main sports. And when I was younger, I did do some riding lessons, but I had such an intense schedule with hockey and soccer that I actually had to focus more on on those things just because of all the, you know, the time I spent at, at practices and games and everything. And I got to a point in my life, I think it was the beginning of high school, where I had to make a decision of which sports to, to pursue more seriously, hockey versus soccer. And I ended up choosing soccer. And in high school, I was on a team and we would go to showcase tournaments in the U.S. where college and university coaches would come to watch us play and and recruit us essentially for their teams at various universities in the United States. And I was fortunate enough to get recruited by Florida International University in Miami, Florida. So when I was 16, I signed a deal or 16 or 17, I signed a deal to go on scholarship to play at the NCAA Division I school. And I ended up doing my undergraduate degree in biology at this school while also playing uh, full-time soccer. So it was a, quite an exciting experience. And it's it's funny because sometimes I almost feel like I'm making this up because it's been quite a few years now. I think my last game at the university level would have been, I think, almost seven years ago now. And I certainly cannot play at the same level that I used to, but um, I do think that it, it, you know, it shaped me and it really provided me with life experiences that I wouldn't have been able to get in any other way. Absolutely. That's so neat. And as you mentioned before, your experience with your sports background really influenced your career. Like you were talking about youth had shockwave before, which I think we've all experienced being at appointments and clients asking us, oh, have you ever shockwave yourself? And we always say no, but <laughs> you get to say yes, yeah. which is so neat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was always actually interested as well when I was going through my undergraduate degree, even in the physical therapy side of things. Um, you know, I had a couple of injuries myself in my career and I was always interested in different techniques and ways that I could get my own body back to the performance level that I was striving to achieve. And, you know, it's just so similar to us with equine athletes. We find a tendon injury or a bony injury. It's quite a dedicated rehabilitation program that we structureize to help get these equine athletes back on their feet. Definitely. It's neat because you've had your personal experiences with yourself, getting yourself back to your top level. And now you can help get horses back to their top level as well. I think that's so cool. For sure. So uh, McKee Panel has been a part of your life for quite a while now. You've ventured out into the world and you've journeyed back to us at McKee Panel. Why was this important to you? Yeah, that's a great question. So Spending so much time at McKee Panel, something that has been really important to me is the influence that this team has had on my career so far. And I can strongly say that I would not be where I am today without the support and mentorship um, and teaching that this company has done for me. As I said, you know, I was pretty green when I started out and many of the veterinarians were super patient and and really dedicated towards teaching me 
horse handling in the veterinary environment, which can be certainly different from your everyday horse handling, teaching me different techniques that are used, teaching me about cases. And it really, you know, fueled my passion for veterinary medicine and also um, helped set me up so that I had these experiences that could lead me towards greater opportunities, an internship, and now coming back and working as an associate veterinarian, it's great to be able to return to that team that I knew I was coming back to a really supportive team environment, a team that knew me really well and that I got along with and they got along with me and everything. So I'm really grateful that I was able to come back here. And how did it come about that you came back to working at McKee Pownell now as a veterinarian? Yeah, so um, I was partway through my internship in New York um, when Dr. Mike Pownell gave me a call and and we chatted about he was one interested in to see if I had any thoughts on what my next steps were because you know he was one of the big mentors in my life and my career at, up to that point and. I was pretty open to opportunities. And when the opportunity was presented by him to return to this team, it was almost a no-brainer coming out of my internship. It was quite an intense internship, and I had the desire to practice at a really high standard of care level, um, you know, with a, a great team and, you know, the equipment to do diagnostics and everything. And uh, it really just seemed like a fitting opportunity, as well as my family. Uh, I grew up in Southern Ontario. I have family around here. Um, My husband grew up in Southern Ontario and also works in the area. So um, it really worked out and and all the pieces kind of fell together. It's so neat. Your story is so cool, just listening to all the different decisions and choices that you've made and, and how everything kind of fit together like a puzzle. I always say that about the horses. We're just looking at pieces of a puzzle and <laughs> and it's neat to see how everything's kind of like fit to, together so unique for, for your life. That's really interesting. Yeah. Was coming back to Mickey Pownell a long-term plan for you? You know, it certainly I didn't know for sure if that's what was going to happen. But I knew in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe that opportunity would come up one day, whether it was as early as it is now, or if it was later in my career, and, and that, you know, it would be a place I wanted to come back to. And I knew that it depended on whether or not Mickey Pannell thought I'd be a good fit as a veterinarian and, and, you know, whether or not there was that opportunity available in a position that I could fit into. And so, you know, maybe in the back of my mind, I knew it was part of the long-term plan, but, you know, it all depends on the opportunities available. Most definitely. You mentioned before about doing an internship. So why was it that you chose to pursue an internship? Yeah, so veterinary medicine is a little bit different from human medicine in that you aren't required to do an internship after graduating before you can practice. That being said, there are many internship opportunities available in all species, but it tends to be that most of the people going into equine medicine in particular do an internship. And I think a big part of that is, you know, in veterinary school, there's so much academic information that we need to get into our minds that, you know, there's less time for development of the clinical skills that are also required to be a good equine practitioner. And an internship provides a intensive year full of those 
clinical hands-on opportunities, you know, as well as exposure to a wide number of cases so that we can, you know, get uh, a sense of pattern recognition, which is really important in this career and getting to see and participate in cases so that when we are out on our own, it's things we've seen before and things we've done before that we have more confidence and are, are better at um, practicing the skills that we need to practice when the time matters. And I think, you know, a difference with large animal medicine, um, you know, including equine medicine is that you're generally out on your own at the farm, you know, versus small animal where you have your colleagues, your veterinary colleagues in the building. So, you know, you can just pop your head around the corner and ask a question. It's not quite the same for us. And it's, was important to me to be able to, in the moments that mattered, such as, you know, maybe a a colic that's pretty painful or like a bad laceration, and it's the middle of the night and I'm on a farm alone, I wanted to be able to make those decisions in the moment and provide the best care for the patients. And so an internship to me was the right next step in gaining that experience before I was expected to do those things on my own. Wow, it definitely sounds like it's a intense year of a lot of learning, which is awesome, especially, as you said, then you're out on your own doing a career and, and having all those experiences under your belt, I'm sure is a great uh, confidence booster and just an awesome experience, really, too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you did your internship in New York. Uh, why did you pursue an internship where you did? Yeah, that's a great question a lot of equine veterinary students between their third and fourth years of veterinary school travel around to different clinics, um, you know, to one gain experience and two look into the many internships that are out there for us to participate in. And I visited some pretty incredible places and it certainly was a difficult choice, but I ended up going um, to New York at Rhinebeck Equine Hospital it is in Hudson Valley of New York, just two hours north of New York City. And to me, this internship was just the right fit for what I was looking for. Coming out of school, I had an idea that I most likely wanted to be a general ambulatory equine practitioner. That being said, I had some particular interests that I was maybe on the fence about specializing in, um, particularly anesthesia and reproduction, otherwise known as theriogenology. And, you know, I set myself up at an internship that could set me up to go in either of those directions. So it was a rotating internship, um, which meant that, you know, every few weeks we rotated through medicine service, um, surgery service in the hospital. Uh, There was a reproduction rotation, a sports medicine rotation. And then most importantly, an ambulatory rotation that not every internship offers. And in particular at Rhinebeck Equine, we were given our own intern truck to drive around in. And once we had, you know, gained enough exposure and experience and they felt we were ready, we would start seeing emergencies um, at farms on our own. And I think that was a huge important part in providing me with that gaining that independence that I was going to need when I, as I became an associate veterinarian. But at the same time, you know, I had a dedicated senior experienced equine clinician that was a phone call away or, you know, a short drive away if they needed to come and I needed help. And I think 
you know, that was huge. And on top of that, getting those more specific experiences in the hospital, you know, with um, arthroscopies, exploring joints, um, dealing with infected joints, those medicine cases, you know, the really sick horses that have maybe diarrhea or a bad colic or anything like that. Gaining that experience, I think, has helped me in an ambulatory setting because, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the different the different factors that go into treating more intensive cases. And I can inform the client of exactly what they're going to experience if they were to go to a referral center, if that was a necessary part of the decision making. And, you know, I can help them make that decision and, and be informed uh, when they're doing that with their patients. So uh, overall, a very well-rounded experience. It was quite intense, but I wanted an, a place that was going to give a high caseload and, and it would be hard work, but I'd see as much as I could see in one year. And that, that way I'd be set up for the beginning of my career. Wow. It definitely sounds like you had an incredible year, lots of hard work, and it really sounds like a such a neat place to do your internship that you're able to go out on your own, but still have all that access to people as resources around you. That's so neat and would really help smooth the transition to being a veterinarian out on your own um, in floor practice as you are now. That's so cool. It seems like you chose a really great spot. Definitely. I would, uh, if I had to, I would make the same decision over again. And I, I do that internship all over again. I think it was the perfect experience for me. And I forgot to mention also in a beautiful place, um, there's the Catskill Mountains nearby and the Adirondack Mountains nearby. And, um, you know, it's beautiful rolling hills and farm fields and very picturesque. So that was really nice, you know, driving around when I was maybe a little bit tired. <laughs> um, I at least got to enjoy the scenery and everything. Wow. It sounds absolutely beautiful. That's like awesome. So awesome. Over the past five years, fewer and fewer veterinary students want careers in equine veterinary medicine. Less than 1.5% of graduating vets choose a career in equine veterinary medicine, which is less than 100 students each year in North America. In addition, about 50% of new grads actually leave equine veterinary medicine within the first five years. Why is that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think probably the people with the best answers for that are are those that were interested in equine and didn't end up going into equine or, you know, were one of those people that left within their first five years of practice. But from my perspective, things that I can think of that contribute to that, one of the big ones is the on-call aspect to being an equine veterinarian. Um, it's certainly a sacrifice in terms of um, the lifestyle that comes with it. You know, being on call, it's weeknights that you would normally have to maybe have an uninterrupted dinner with your family or, you know, go on a walk with your dog or, you know, many weekends in the year that you might want to go away for a camping trip or go do something fun. And, and those are instead dedicated to keeping close by and on your phone at all times so that at the drop of a hat, you can head out to an emergency to serve the equine patients after hours. But that being said, you know, the reason why there are still some of us going into it is because we're super passionate about helping horses, particularly. And it drives us to do make these sacrifices and do the after hours work. And I think it's just, it's a it's a hard sacrifice for a lot of people to make and, you know, it, it certainly takes a lot of dedication and passion to doing that. And 
I think on top of that, you know, technology has helped us in so many ways and helped us to, you know, develop new ideas and have great communication with each other. Um, But at the same time, it it can be a bit of a burden to equine veterinarians and having, you know, clients have direct access to their cell phone number in a lot of cases. And, you know, it certainly helps a lot if they want to text a picture of a wound and that way we can see how it's getting better or, you know, maybe a little video and see that they're walking better. And that's all great. Um, Or a quick question about patient care. But at the same time, you know, it, it can sometimes be a little bit difficult to separate work from everyday life, getting messages or phone calls after hours when we're not on call or on a weekend that we're not working and, and yet we're still kind of always involved with work. I think that separation can certainly be hard for people to cope with. Definitely. I think you raised some good points there. Something that I think about when I think about the veterinarians being on call is even the next day when, you know, the veterinarian comes into work, you say, did you have any calls last night? And they say no. And you kind of think, oh, that must have been like a nice night. They were able to have an uninterrupted dinner and go to sleep and, you know, everything be uninterrupted. But you have to also think, but you had to be ready to answer your call if anything came through. It's not necessarily that stress-free, let's just put my phone away. It's still in the back of your mind. Like, you know, can I go out and do this and be ready to just make a quick exit if need be? I think that's something that sometimes people don't always appreciate, that it's always on your mind that you might have to end quickly and and head out the door. Exactly. That's a great point. It's certainly even getting no calls. it, It just still changes that night for you or that weekend for you. And and I completely agree. I think it is sometimes overlooked the mental aspect of it and, um, you know, the dedication to staying close by and always having your phone on you, you know, even it sometimes affects us, you know, think, oh, did I hear my phone go off? And it, it might not have, but we're constantly, it's constantly on our minds that we might have to go out to an emergency and you never know what's going to happen. Definitely. Can you see that some things that would have to change to increase the number of equine veterinarians and to keep them in the profession for longer? Yeah, certainly. I think there's a a few things um, that come to mind for that. I think one of them that uh, McKee Panel's done a great job at implementing is the four-day work week, having a day in the middle of the week that we can catch up on notes or phone calls or emails, um, but also maybe run to the grocery store or, you know, organize something in our house that we've been putting off because maybe we worked all weekend that weekend. And maybe on our on-call night, we were out all night going on calls or we had some late days because of emergencies happening in the middle of the day. Um, I think the four-day work week is huge in um, trying to allow that little bit of work-life balance for equine veterinarians and, and keep it you know, keep it as a sustainable career in terms of career longevity. I think another thing too is, you know, respecting the boundaries of the veterinarians and and remembering that equine veterinarians are people too, you know, they have families, they have a life outside of their work, they have interests and hobbies and, and things like that. And so, you know, maybe we give for example, our cell phone number to say, hey, you know, quick update, that's great. Um, You know, send me a text during work hours if you wanted to ask a quick question or send an updated picture. But, you know, I think remembering that we're not constantly working around the clock every single day, seven days a week, 
365 days a year um, and that, you know, we need to try to create a bit of a separation in order for us to live our fulfilling lives. Absolutely. That you raised some really good ideas and suggestions there because it is a it is a really big issue within equine veterinary medicine. And as I said, you came up with some really great uh, suggestions there. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, one more thing to add um, in terms of being a newer equine veterinarian that's um, kind of starting off in my career, I think, you know, something that's hard for us is being a new face to people. And and there's certainly comfort in having the same veterinarian come out um, and see your horse every single time and, um, you know, someone that you're used to seeing. But that being said, you know, those veterinarians also need their time away or maybe a, a little too busy that they can't get to you as soon as you'd like someone to come out. And, and just remembering that, yeah, maybe there's a newer person coming out and they're a bit of a new face, but they've, you know, gone through the same training and they've worked really hard to get to this point so that they can provide um, veterinary medicine to their horses. And I think that's a great thing about Mickey Pownell is that we have such good communication with our team that we can provide that same case continuity, even if the primary veterinarian is unable to make it out to the call, because we all talk with each other and update each other on cases and, and keep excellent records. And then that way we can still provide the same services while still being able to balance the workload amongst all the veterinarians. I definitely think that's a huge bonus that we're, we're able to have such accessibility to uh, the same reports and the same files so that all of our veterinarians are able to look up the history and be knowledgeable for when they go to appointments. I think that's incredible to have that sort of continuity of care. Yeah. Although you've spent a lot of time over the years at McKee Panel and a year as an intern in New York, what has been the biggest adjustment you've noticed since joining Mickey Pownell as a veterinarian? So, you know, I think I've found the biggest adjustment to be, you know, stepping into my new role and the new responsibilities that come with my new role. And, you know, sometimes I catch myself working with the technicians, which is great. You know, we have a great team dynamic and I'm so grateful for our veterinary technicians and veterinary assistants. Um, and sometimes I find myself maybe you know, hanging around and doing a little bit more of, of that role when I realize, oh, wait, I have a bunch of phone calls and emails to do and notes to write. And maybe I need to focus on doing my tasks as well. So that's been a little bit of an adjustment, kind of stepping into that new role with different responsibilities. Um, but at the same time, using my experience as an assistant for that many years to be able to help out the veterinary assistants and technicians in getting their tests done as well. I think, you know, it, it's helpful to create a cohesive team working environment, you know, but at the same time, make sure that I'm stepping into my role as a veterinarian and fulfilling the client expectations and being able to provide the best treatments to my patients and everything that comes with that. I can imagine there is a little bit of like habits and muscle memory from previous um, jobs you've had at McKee Panel when you came back as a veterinarian. So you just kind of revert back to those and then go, wait a second, my job's a little bit different now. I have some other things to do too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I understand that you're quite the lover of nature and you spend a lot of time uh, exploring in your free time. Where is one of your favorite places that you have camped? Oh, that's a great question. 
I know I do love camping and I'm hoping to get out a little bit more than I have this past summer. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, an adjustment getting used to my new role and, um, being back home, but, um, I'd have to say one of my favorite places so far was actually in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. Um, my husband and I went uh, last year in the fall um, and the leaves were at like peak color. They were so beautiful. And we went camping at a place called Sarnak Lake. It's near Lake Placid. And we kayaked out to our site uh, that was in the middle of this beautiful lake. Um, and it was very quiet and very nice. And I think that was definitely one of my favorite places so far. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely incredible. I'm a big uh, lover of the outdoors as well. And that just sounds so amazing. What a cool opportunity. Yeah, it was really neat. Well, was there anything else you would like to further share with our, our listeners? just wanted to share how excited I am to be back in this new role and being able to now provide treatment and peace of mind for owners um, at McKee Panel. And I'm so excited to see where my career takes me. Um, and I'm excited to have everyone, all the clients and staff and um, veterinarians at McKee Panel be a part of my journey. We are so excited to have you back. And uh, I think it's going to be such amazing opportunity and we're so lucky to have you back so this is awesome I'm so glad that you're able to join us today for to do a podcast just before I I let you go I just want to do a quick shout out because we do actually have our groomed class uh, coming up so on October 1st and 2nd McKee panel is offering a hunter grooms class and a jumper grooms class during the Caledon Cup final two-star we have over $10,000 in prize money plus prizes. Entries are free for all professional grooms and you just need to enter in advance. And just If anyone's interested, please just check out our social media for more info and a special thank you to all of our sponsors this year and for their support. Thank you so much, Dr. Sarah Stewart, for joining us today and to all our listeners of our EquiConnect podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is not a substitute for regular and emergency veterinary care. Our purpose is to inform and educate horse people. Not to diagnose and treat medical conditions without a valid veterinary client-patient relationship.